0: Hey, it's me. The good-looking one listening to this podcast. (laughs) Welcome back to another Off the Top podcast. And there's a few things that we want to get first and started and we'll remind you at the end. But, Julian, you want to take the good news?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, So now we're on 11 different platforms and officially on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening to this on a different program like Stitcher or Overcast or... Um, maybe iTunes. It's transferred over to Apple Podcasts. So if you have an iPhone, I mean, you're one of many people who are on the iPhone train. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Off the Top Podcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, another cool update, too, is Julian was getting sick of your mom sending him love letters. So (laughs) we have an email address for you guys to send that to. And that is going to be the Off the Top Podcast, as in T-H-E, Top Podcast podcast off the top podcast off off the top yes
1: (laughs) um yeah so if you have any questions or comments you can send them over there and we have a few at the end of this episode which i'm really cool to see you guys interact with us and send us these questions
0: yeah and so let's jump into what we're going to be talking about today and it's something that i think is fairly interesting obviously i think you think it's fairly interesting too julian because we are all Uh, possibly a victim of this, or have been, or will be, or have witnessed it ourselves, but we're going to be talking about herd mentality.
1: Yeah. And the way this kind of came about for us is I went to the grocery store the other day, the place that I avoid at all costs with lots of people. And I was in a line with a good amount of people. And there are two ladies in front of me. And I believe they're talking about yogurt. And one of the ladies had bought this yogurt. And the other lady asked her like, oh, you like this yogurt? Why don't you use the other one? And the lady said, you know, I've never really tried the other one, but I don't like it. And then the other lady said to her, you know what? I haven't tried it either. And I don't really like it. And in my head, I went, If neither of you tried it, how do you not know that you like it?
0: Yeah, and that's kind of odd and uh, pretty odd and weird how that kind of stumbling upon led you to think about how human beings will take different actions or do different things that they normally wouldn't just because of others. And so just to jump into it, I think that herd mentality just off my own perspective before i did some serious research on it is obviously a thing i mean we're going to be talking about some black friday stuff and you know how people start acting a little crazy when they're in mobs and you know like herds basically but it's kind of it's a lot more interesting and maybe a lot more insidious than i first thought it would be
1: yeah, so when I took a look to find out what herd mentality was, I realized there's a few different names. So if we go over what the definition would be, is like either herd, mob, or gang mentality is how people can be influenced by peers to adopt certain behaviors or ideas on an emotional and non-rational basis.
0: Yeah, basically with what that means is, and the way that I put it into my own words, is basically an individual who will forfeit their own right to cho- of choice for group think
1: yeah and i think it's interesting that you know as you everyone thinks they're so individual or they're like so strongly opinionated in other things but a lot of the times um according to forbes like if you don't have a strong opinion um, you're really likely to mimic others And which I found that was interesting because I guess I've been in those situations where I've been like, you know what, I'm not really sure. So, yeah, I'll walk the same path everyone else does.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think another thing that leads us to be prone to those sort of actions is that there's a thing called social conformity. And what happens is um, human beings are basically really good at mirroring other human beings because we have mirror neurons in our actual brains that are built for that. So whenever somebody smiles you smile to really like, and it helps to find if that's a real genuine smile and things like that. And so what actually happens is when you see somebody witness or witness somebody doing something, you end up in your brain, you're actually acting out that process as well. And then when you actually do it, you get rewarded for it.
1: Yeah. I've always found, I've heard that a few times before, and then the social conformity kind of it into a category for me but i've always thought it weird because like when i'm talking to someone and you notice like you're crossing your arms too or your body language is similar i've always been like this is weird but i'm doing it i don't know why um it's very unique to see how that happens and i bet now that you've heard this you instantly all have some sort of idea of someone or sometime you've done it like with a teacher or a boss or maybe just a good friend you've seen in public
0: yeah exactly and that sort of De individualization is very subconscious, kind of like you illustrated right there, where you, a lot of the times, you stumble in and you're just like, I'm acting exactly like this person, or, you know, we have the same exact like body posture or acting the same way. And a lot of the times, and that's what's kind of crazy about herd mentality is. You don't know you're doing it until, you know, either you come online all of a sudden, you're like, dude, what the heck? Why? Like, how did I get here? Why am I? You know, why is this goat in the air? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, And for a while, people have, I mean, for all time, people have been doing like animals have always acted in herds, tribes acted in herds or groups. And it's kind of like a safety or protection zone. And you might get some things done and things can turn drastic quick. But the first time it was really studied was in the 19th century. It was founded by a, f- a few French social psychologists, Gabriel Ga- Gabriel Gabriel Tardet and Gustave Le Bon, or Le Bon. I'm not too sure which one it is, <laughs> um, but the one who's a little bit more notable is Gustave Le Bon, who wrote "The Crowd: A Study of Popular Mind" in 1895, and it kind of goes over three processes of uh, herd mentality.
0: Yeah, and so it's kind of funny. So me and Julian do research separately and then come together for these things and it ends up that we kind of have similar sources. So those three that I picked up were anonymity. So for instance, if you see a big protest or heard, sometimes you find people with masks on or obscuring their face and that kind of leads into the anonymity thing or even just the pure numbers of it all. You know, if you were in a mob of five people you're less anonymous than if you were in a huge group of a 10,000 and i guess a mob of five people doesn't really sound like a mob but like yeah. for that illustration and also a second thing is too is a almost a loss or lack of responsibility in the fact that as human beings in a group we actually transpose the responsibility of everything that happens to the group it's almost a shared responsibility and it's now not your individual responsibility to act as you would act but now it's the group's responsibility to do actions and you know take care of things and stuff like that and then the third which influences everything uh the last two is group size like i illustrated before the mob of five and the mob of ten thousand that group size influences a lot of things when it comes to herd mentality
1: yeah and i think when we touch on the first one anonymity anonymity see an enemies um i have a tough time saying that word but in anonymity it makes sense because if you ever thought of the time you've been in a large setting and you know say everyone's throwing something at the board in school or like you know, everyone's making extravagant sounds or doing something and you're in lost and all that. You're like, I'm doing it. I'm not going to get caught like that. We're powerful as a group and it's less likely to be spotlighted onto me. So you feel a little bit more free and more powerful, but you feel also more anonymous in those larger groups.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think what it does is it helps lower people's inhibitions and the, you know, the first thought or uh, at least some of my first thoughts are, you know, if you have that natural instinct to do something your your brain comes on and says well is that right or wrong or like you know do you want to get caught for this is it you know something like that and so when you're in that group and like you were saying you're less likely to get caught for whatever you're doing then it kind of allows you to almost it's almost like it leads into the second one of you know The less people know who you are, the less responsible you feel for your actions.
1: And I I didn't think about this beforehand, but it makes real sense if you think about when natural disasters happen or um, some big event occurs and riots pop out, right? Like there's one person or a small group of people that start these riots, but then there's Hundreds of thousands of people that are, you know, in movies you see or in some live events, people breaking into stores and taking things and um, packing stuff up. And it's not because like that's their natural opinion or choice, but they're like, okay, everyone's doing it. There's a ton of people like I'm just in the group and I'm less likely to be seen than the others, Um, which I didn't really think about. But it kind of makes sense in how those riots work and like why so many people engage in them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And uh, I want to go back on the point that you first initially made, how you kind of mentioned that some people have the actual brains of the herd, so to speak. And that brought me to a statistic that we both found, which is about, you know, a group can be controlled by 5% of the members in it. So let's say that you have and this is kind of insane, but let's say that you have a group of 100 people. 5% or so of those members can, so five people, can influence those hundred people to do, you know, whatever they want. And granted, it depends on those three things, you know, anonymity, lack of responsibility, and group size. But that just shows, and that's where I started thinking of how somewhat insidious this is. And it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, vocalized or through gestures. There's been tons of studies that we both found of... There was a study by Leeds um, where they told somebody where to walk, like in on a random path, and instructed them not to communicate with the others in the group. And what eventually happened was, after they told the select few, everybody else started following them single file without any indication of you know verbal notification of what they were doing or like physical gestures, those people naturally just followed them. So it doesn't need to be something of an elaborate speech or elaborate gestures at all. It just needs to be, you know, those people deciding to do something and then the group kind of, it's a snowball effect, really.
1: Yeah. And in that study by uh, Jen Krause and Dr. John Dyer, they set, there was no instruction. They put this huge group of people into basically a room and said, you know, walk around freely, but you're not allowed to like communicate or make gestures or talk or anything. Um, We're just going to sit and study and see like the human nature. A little, like you said, they told a few people, this is what we want you to do. Um, Just do it confidently. And it's very interesting to see that people, you know, went ahead and um, just kind of followed others. Um, And we're going to take a break.
0: So, guys, back from our break, um, uh, emergency tracheotomy was successful.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, So we left off on the lead study, and now we're kind of rolling to um, some other points that Gustave Le Bon or Le Bon uh, put in his 1895 book, The Crowd. Um, We also talked about contagion, which is in these large crowds, ideas um, and behavior spread. So if you think about, like, you're at a concert, and you're by yourself, um, there's not going to be much energy or... Hype to it, but when you're in a large group and everyone's hyped and everyone's screaming, um, it's gonna spread. You know, not everyone's gonna be dull, everyone's gonna have the same energy, and everything kind of spreads through um, these large crowds and these herd mentalities.
0: Yeah, and I think that also illustrates the heightened emotions that people sense in something like a concert, where if you can really just imagine yourself as one person at a concert while a band's playing. You're not going to be going wild. I mean, I don't know if you can even mosh pit with one band (laughs) or like one person. But, you know, it's just sense of heightened awareness or heightened emotions that helps people kind of lower their inhibitions as well as, you know, when you look at Black Friday, that's what happens as well.
1: Yeah. And um, then you have suggestibility, which we slightly talked on, on the very there's a few strong voices in these crowds that can influence. Um, decisions like we talked about in the lead study. And that also runs into um, a study done by an Auburn um, that was related to Black Friday being that you know a shopping experience can be enhanced when you're in a large crowd.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that everybody listening who's been around Black Friday, if you know what it is in the U.S., it's when, you know, everybody goes out and shops for like crazy good deals uh, the day after or the night of Thanksgiving now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just extraordinary that like if you witness it, it's extraordinary the things that happen, like people get trampled to death. You know, people will try to steal like products that somebody else got. It's extraordinary. And I think that all is there to illustrate or helps illustrate the idea of, you know, people like it's some sort of emotional accelerant that people have. And they also shows that, you know, people will spend more money when those heightened emotions happen in that herd
1: yeah uh we did a podcast uh around black friday if you want to go check that out and see some of the number figures behind it um the interesting thing i found about herd mentality so far is um just like the human nature of just going with the flow and like turning on autopilot and like some of the examples that we've thought of or seen over time on how herd mentality has affected
0: things yeah exactly and it's it is very very odd to think that this happens and this happens to you in a sense and we're almost biologically programmed to become like one with the herd uh just naturally it happens socially you know it you know naturally we talked about how the brain you know rewards you for acting out what others do and stuff like that and also, like, I ended up talking about or researching, like, all right, so, like, this seems crazy, this seems insidious, you know, I don't want to be controlled by one person or five people in a huge mob, like, how would I stop this, or how would I, you know, help avoid situations like that
1: yeah so um before we jump into how to necessarily stop these from mentality, we'll kind of look at some of the insidious events and examples of what herd mentality does of past and present so one thing i found that was very very interesting was something called the mountain meadow massacre um, occurred in 1857. And I was kind of reading about it and I was like, this seems skeptical, but I found it in a few different places. And basically, um, a group of Mormons in 1857 found a few wagons of families traveling to California, um, to, you know, start their life and whatnot. And these Mormons felt threatened by these wagons. So, um, a few of these people or leaders of this group, Decided, you know, we're threatened. We don't feel safe. We're going to attack them and essentially murder them while they're sleeping and they don't have a whole lot of, you know, power to get around it. And so this whole group of people took part in it instead of, you know, a couple people saying maybe they're just staying the night here. Maybe they're like taking a couple days to travel by wagon. Um, but they just went around these few, these very few uh, people suggested to all these others that this was an okay thing to do. And it turned really dark really quick.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, I I think that people can easily remember a lot of violence and destruction that happens in herd mentalities. And like some of somewhat recent feature, especially with like, you know, that guy uh plowing just car through like the Charleston and like all the violence that happened with that, with the protests and the huge groups that were there. And it just is another highlight of, you know, the insidiousness. I know I was talking about that through the whole time and the fact of, you know, a couple people can control a lot of people, but that's actual events of, you know, when it happened and it didn't happen in a good way.
1: Yeah, and I never really equated the um, Salem Witch Trials in 1692 to her mentality until I kind of looked through this and read about it. Because so I assume there's a few people that were you know, uncomfortable with a few people in the community or thought certain things and said, you know what, we're, these people are witches and we're going to lynch them or burn them and, you know, kill them, unfortunately. And that's another example of herd mentality. But if you move into like present day, um, one of the things I thought of was like iPhones or like what people call sheeple.
0: Yeah. And that actually, I feel like is more of a social um, mentality, And the fact of, you know, it's what everyone else is doing, and I guess that is a herd thing. Um, And that's one thing that I kind of found as almost like a quote, you know, like when you ask somebody like, oh, why'd you do that? Or, you know, when people are asked after they do things in a herd, like, why did you do that? I. kept on founding like these couple words and it's always like well everyone else is doing it and granted i don't want to like point the finger and say everybody who's you know part of the apple ecosystem is like you know uh like sheeple or you know stuck in the herd mentality but it just shows that you know even subconsciously you know, it happens regardless if, you know, it's the best move or not. It's, you know, the movie that you do because of others.
1: Yeah. And another example of that is like you look at what fidget spinners did. Um, you know, the fidget spinners are necessarily um, a trend that happened, but like everyone felt like they're missing out or, you know, needed this fidget spinner of these things. And that's just kind of more of a modern day version of like, herd mentality that isn't necessarily violent but just how people are thinking
0: yeah exactly and i just now noticed that we just took shots at apple after they just put us on their apple podcast and that's the type of podcast we are apple
1: no fear (laughs) yeah
0: exactly (laughs)
1: um yeah so then i guess at this point you're probably kind of wondering how do you how does one avoid like herd mentality or realize that they are in
0: herd mentality yeah exactly and that's the stuff that i found and it happened to be especially when you're around big groups it's about awareness and like you mentioned you know taking yourself off autopilot so to speak and like you know taking responsibility for your own actions and another thing too that i found really interesting is that if you happen to find you know if you happen to know somebody who does you know isn't a herd and you can see them participating in herd mentality the things you're supposed to do to almost like break them out or you know awaken them out of it is first you definitely want to use their name and when you're talking to them only use specific scenarios that are you know specific to them so for instance let's say i saw julian doing something in herd, like with the herd and so he's of like, throwing these, you know, cats in the air and catching them. And I'm like, Julian, like, what are you doing? You know, you have a <laughs> podcast to uphold. <laughs> I don't know. I just realized how, like, the amount of times we've said the
1: herd. It just sounds kind of brutal every time I heard it. Like, you're part of the herd.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like some sort of, like, bad sci-fi movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where, like, zombie buffalo <laughs> take over a town. But... Yeah, guys, I mean, I think that herd mentality is a very, very interesting thing, and it's something that people need to more know more about truly because it affects everyone and you don't want it to affect you in a negative way. I'm sure there's positive instances of herd mentality and maybe that's the way that this goes. Now that you guys are informed about herd mentality, maybe you could be that 5% of people that actually do something good instead of do something bad and see how that works.
1: Yeah. And like some a positive one I saw of herd mentality was, I think it was 2008 or 2011. Um, something in Egypt or, politically related like you know political protests that changed um certain things for that country to better you know the citizens and the people or even looking like you know what's going on in dubai right now like it was probably a large like talking point and more and more people got on board about like having women drive or female drivers um some ways you could shift you know the opinion and use the size to a positive advantage
0: yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. And that's, that's the choice of the people too, in the same sense. So granted, this thing isn't innately bad. It's just innately, the innately powerful, I would say. And then it's up to the people that, you know, are there to make it whatever they want or however they want.
1: Yeah, so um, that's kind of the gist of herd mentality, to a few bits and pieces and studies. But now we're going to introduce a little bit of our Q and A segment where you can submit your questions or your comments to us at the Off the Top Podcast at gmail.com. And we have a few questions pulled for you.
0: Yeah, and so I'll just start. So we got Jake P from Milford, Nevada, which is a very, very small population, by the way, guys. Like tiny. <laughs> like you know, you know everybody. And you say what's up to your cousin. <laughs> yeah, finally. I think it's
1: roughly like 1,500 people yeah. or less.
0: Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, obviously going for the hard hitting ones, uh, he asked the fixation what's the fixation of or on archaeology?
1: Um, yeah, Jordan, you're going to have to answer that <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> Honestly, uh, to, to not be uh, facetious at this point, Jake. Archaeology was just something that I just put out there one day and it just stuck and felt good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And we were just kind of rolled with it since. Uh, yeah. Very good question. Uh, we are the best archaeologists, the fastest archaeologists on the planet. I'm going to say that now. So if you're an archaeologist listening to this, come out and challenge us or come on the podcast. You know, we could do an archeology span podcast and settle our bones there. Um, Our next question comes from Dennis S of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, population 227,000. His is more of a comment, but he says, big fan.
0: I would like to see you guys do an anime episode in the future. You know, Dennis lucky or interesting enough that you said that we have plans to do an anime episode. Me, Julian, and I are actually pretty strong anime fans, or at least I identify as one myself.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, Anime is something that it's... I mean, it has a weird reputation behind it, especially being... like black males in America. Um, but yeah, we definitely like watch a few different shows or a good plethora of shows and have a fan of our friend of ours. That's a, a big anime guy. So that's going to be a cool episode once we get around to that.
0: Yeah. And i um, really excited for that one. The third and final question from Delilah W. Up in Portland, Oregon, the state that we reside with the population, which I thought was a lot bigger of about 650,000, she asks, why do you think gaming is growing?
1: Yeah, and I think this is from our gaming, one of our first podcasts about the gaming industry and the growth of gaming. Um, I mean, personally for me, Delilah, why I think gaming is growing is just like the ease of accessibility and not more so you don't need the natural talent of some of these sports you still need some skill set and like fast switch muscles but it's easy easier to get into and find what you like yeah
0: yeah i mean well said
1: um yeah guys that's uh it for this episode we are on apple podcast um we want to get on spotify so if you've made it this far go ahead and leave a comment on all of these platforms or email or tweet at spotify to get off the top podcast on there
0: yeah, and uh, another thing, don't forget about our email account where you can ask us questions and interact with us at Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, um, thanks for tuning in and join the herd that is the Off the Top Podcast.
1: <laughs>